little housewarming to, to new beginnings. Thanks. Uh, actually, I gave this to you for your uh, wedding. This model? Um, no, this this exact one. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. It's okay. I hope you like it. I love it. Thank you. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome, people, to episode 126 of Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and I'm sat in what was an incredibly rainy, rainy York. Uh, Ian, where, where, where are you sat? A hot as balls Sicily. Uh, Ian, what is your favourite type of weather? Not sunshine. You really don't like sun, do you? I really, really don't like the sun, but um, I'm not one to begrudge those close to me. Yep. So I go along and I take photos and I sweat and I burn my gorilla tits <laughs> and uh, then I then I come home. But my uh, my my uh, my family are having a wonderful time. Uh, my uh, my wife's. Uh, family are having a wonderful time. I am also having a wonderful time, but I'm also in pain. So uh, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, cool. So have you got away with them as parents then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's uh, us and Lottie, obviously. Donna's mum, Donna's dad, Donna's sister, and Donna's sister's boyfriend. Ah, nice, cool. So yes, so you get this in. Well, I mean, usually we actually we podcast from different countries anyway because. Mm, I, mm. He lives in Wales, uh, but now you're actually getting us on an actual different island, um, with Ian being in Italy uh, and me being stuck in this miserable, rain-filled piss hole. 32 degrees today, Mark. Jeez. It was... But, it, it's actually, we it's we were on a beach. Right now. Out here, Sorry? actually. It's not raining. It's glorious sunshine here now, actually. Now, now I've started saying it's been raining and horrible. Oh, nice. Well, at least the day's ended well. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, what have we got for you today? We have a review of the uh, Brian uh, Hegeland um, film Legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a bumper of what we've been watching, where we will talk about Turbo Kid, but rather than doing like a full review of it, we're just going to 
see how it goes, really, because uh, it's one of those films where we might have loads to say about it, we might not have a lot to say about it, and there might be things in what we've been watching that we both end up talking about for longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, has anything happened? I, I literally have not looked at any news um, for the past sort of three or four days, because I've just been that busy, as usual. Um has has anything happened in the wonderful world of film uh, that we that we might need to talk about or anything? Ma- Mary Poppins sequel directed by Rob Marshall. Uh, what? Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. I thought it was a joke. No. That a sequel. Apparently, it's a sequel. The the word was at first it's a remake. Apparently, it's a sequel. I'm I'm not thrilled. Why? Not why are you not thrilled? Why? Why fuck with something like that? That there is there is no reason for that. Rob Marshall is it Disney? Yeah. Of course, Disney. It's it's either Rob Marshall or Tim Burton, basically. So yeah. Right. So if it's either way, it's going to be unhappy, isn't it? Oh Oh, God! Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. Or or Emily Blunt? Were you saying that? No. uh, I, I reckon it'll either be unhappy. Or Anna Kendrick. Oh, God. I, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, the thing... With Hugh Bonneville. Oh, yeah, Hugh Bonneville was Mr. Banks, of course. Yeah. Like, to be fair, that's good casting. That would be good. Like, that's, that's actually good casting. Yeah, that, that would be, but that's that's who will play Mr. Banks. It'll be Hugh Bonneville, or if they go American, it'll be George Clooney. You know, he basically, yeah, he, he basically played Mr. Banks in Paddington. He did, yeah, which is why it, it'd work. But, yeah, I reckon Anna Kendrick or, or Anna Hathaway. Mm, I mean, it's basically, you know, Disney are having problems with more original properties at the moment. So they're, they're basically just plundering their back catalogue. You know, I mean, Maleficent made a, a, a shit ton. Uh, Tomorrowland did not. Um, I mean, uh, the Jungle Book trailer, the first trailer for that literally just came out in the last couple of hours. And that looks like Jungle Book for a new generation. It's kind of fast and furious and looks actually quite intense. Um, and, and, you know, so that's probably going to make a truckload. John Carter didn't, obviously. You know, that it, Disney seemed to have terrible luck. And also, they've got a distribution deal with DreamWorks, and that's not gone very well at all. No, but they, they literally got on DreamWorks, on the DreamWorks bandwagon um, at the wrong time, really. Yeah, yeah. So, like, their live-action slate's kind of in the toilet, apart from their catalogue stuff. Mm. So it makes sense that they're going to do another Mary Poppins from that point of view, it makes no sense in any other conceivable point of view at all. But this is this is a world where we're going to get a Tim Burton Dumbo. So oh, you know, Christ, I forgot about that. It, it, it's just, it, it, I mean, it, it is what it is now. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not all automatically against uh, remakes. You know, it's, it's been kind of a running theme through the show's life that we're, neither of us are against remakes per se. Oh. But there's, even though this is a sequel, it kind of feels like they may as well just be remaking it. And yeah. I, I, it, it, it. You could see it ending up being essentially a little bit like Dream when they made the thing, and it wasn't a remake. It was, a, it, was, yeah. it was a prequel, but essentially it was a remake for all intents and purposes. It was the same setup, same kind of stuff happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so all oh, right. And I actually, I actually, I saw somebody comment on that and just thought, ha, they're sort of having a joke about what would happen if they remade now, uh, and it's kind of got a bit of thread. I didn't know they were actually essentially remaking slash rebooting or sequeling it. Yeah, so yeah, um, I, I wasn't very happy. I kind of blew up on Twitter last night and Facebook, but I'd had a, I'd had a few drinks, but my kind of points, I think, remain. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, a new Creed trailer, which looks dependably great. Um, and yeah, have you seen that yet? I've not. No, I've, I've not watched. I've not watched any any trailers really. Uh, there was. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of anything that I've watched trailer wise. So we'll get into trailers. Trailers, go on then, Ian. What are you watching? Yeah. I mean, which looks great. Uh, focusing more on Rocky in this trailer. Sloan might be going for a best supporting um, actor nom- uh, nomination. Um, with with that, and I've got I've got a feeling he's going to die, but um, you know we shall see. And um, also the trailer for Krampus, oh, yeah. which is the the new kind of Christmas horror film direct, I believe directed by uh, Michael Doherty, who did um, Trick or, uh, Trick or Treat. Yeah. Um, and this looks like fun. It just looks like a dark, funny, scary christmas fable and i'm all for it um i'm i'm very excited for that yeah i i, I am it, it looks like you know it, it could be it could be a bundle of fun uh, but that fun is exactly what it looks like uh i mean trick is a is a again a really sort of fun movie you know it's, it's one of those where i think in trick or treat you've got a genuine kind of cult movie there yes for sure for sure and i, I mean it looks like they're actually giving this a, a, a good, solid release, and I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how it does, but yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. I think what they're going to try and do is they're going to petition a couple of films, basically, as the, look, we know not everyone wants to go and fucking see Star Wars, or we know that there's going to be some people who get to the cinema and have not booked Star Wars, so we are actually going to put some of the shit out there around it, so that people can go to the mm. cinema and watch this, because Star Wars is full. So, here's Krampus, and here's The Night Before. There you go, fill your boots. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'd say, yes, please, why not, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's Krampus, and that, that, that's actually it. I, I watched a few today just to um, get some material, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I mean, we've got plenty of stuff to get through anyway, so I say move on. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing, you know, I, I haven't really watched anything. So, yeah, so, uh, we don't do uh, fucking trailers anymore so legend um is directed by uh brian hegeland uh stars tom hardy and tom hardy uh also emily browning david thewlis uh chris reckleston chas palmentary turns up uh the um british so welsh singer actually welsh singer isn't she uh duffy uh is in it quite a lot uh lots of pop. is she yeah she's another you know, singer that's in it oh right uh, okay so, yeah um so yeah, um, Chronicles, um, the rise and fall of the Craze Brothers in, in London, uh, Ronnie and Reggie, of course, both played by Tom Hardy. Um, Reggie is the more suave, handsome-looking, uh, head-together gangster, and uh, Ronald is the certifiably insane bisexual nut job. Ian, legend, uh, what, do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. Um, I'm, I'm kind of pretty much there with, I, it seems to be like the majority kind of reaction that it's just, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of feels like Tom Hardy maybe just went to it more for the acting challenge than for the the quality of the screenplay or anything like that. It, it's um, it's too it, it is too long. Um, I thought the final third was brutal, and also because it, it's a mix of so like soapy melodrama and cartoonish violence, and the final third wants you to feel sorry for Emily Browning's character, but it's made you it, it, like the first two thirds made you get on board with at least Reggie Cray um, until he does something bad. You know, I mean, like, he, I mean, he, you know, he basically physically abuses his wife and then suddenly it's like, Oh no, you're supposed to hate him. And it, there's a disconnect there. And it's also a really, I mean, I, just before I forget, there's a really uncomfortable scene where he tries to win her back and she kind of almost goes for it. And that, it was just like, right, okay, so if he just gives you a wink and a smile, then you're basically going to forgive him for kicking the crap out of you. Are you? That's not good. I, I was disappointed with Legend, even though I think Hardy was dependably good in it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, what I'll say is um, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than, than, than you did, although okay. I do agree with basically all of your points. I think it's a funny film where it's, it's just over two hours long. But it's quite undercooked, you know. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, you, you could have had a, a two and a half hour movie that um, you could quite easily, I could quite easily have enjoyed watching and continued watching. Um, if it had been, if the, the if the script had been a little bit better and a little bit more fleshed out, you know, we. You, you, we would both watched a, 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 a over two hour movie about the Craze brothers um, that didn't actually give us that much information about, you know, what they actually did. It, it's it's a lot of the same thing re- repeated over and over again. Um, like you say, it, it does seem to essentially, you know, pitch. It, it's more focusing on Reggie than it is on uh, Ronnie, uh, mm. and it is pitching him as. Look, yeah, he's a bad lad, but he's a little bit of a an almost fucking, you know, he's a bad lad. He does all this, but at the same time, the people of London, you know, liked him and got behind him because essentially he was a nice guy who did bad things occasionally. And then they pitched all that, and then all of a sudden they turn it on its head, and and it doesn't seem to know where to go from there. It is almost like there's there's been more there, and it's been whittled down to what we've got. Yeah, and I absolutely see that there are there are, there are a couple of moments that that I I don't think it's unfair to say are in, are veering towards fucking Dick Tracy esque. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think the the kind of the Chaz parliamentary stuff is, I, I, I don't know, it, it's very, very cliche, you know, American gangsters kind of coming in, and that, I mean, that's a problem. And I, I mean, that the voiceover is the worst. That feels like that's papering over narrative cracks, like no one's. Been business the voiceover is basically where you are told what to feel what to think and what's going on it's not showing by telling it's showing by saying and it's i i i 
you have to wonder if they kind of added some of that in post where they realised the film was two and a half hours long and they needed to chop 25 minutes. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's, it's high applause that they added that in when they basically went, hang on a minute. This is a story about about the Cray brothers, but we've put too much of this relationship in it, but we've not fleshed out that character enough. No, I mean, yeah, I mean... I... Oh, Emily Browning's not fleshed out that character. I mean, there's a, I, I saw um, from, I think it was from TIFF, um, an interview with Emily Browning, where she said she basically did no research on the character at all and just played what was on the page and trusted what was on the page. And it's a little bit like, hang on a minute. If you're playing an actual fucking person, you know, surely out of professional, out of professionalism, you should be at least looking into that character in some way. I mean, I mean, I very much doubt Hardy will have gone. Ah, I won't, I won't look back into you. Know, Hardy will have studied each of the greys and tried to mm-hmm. try to go right. How do I? How do I play these two differently? How? I mean, he's got. There's a distinction. You do forget incredibly quickly that you're watching the same person. And it, it, it's the funny thing about Hardy is, and what, what a lot of people I think have issues with, with Tom Hardy, is he's a character actor that looks like a leading man. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he, he looks like a movie star, but he has no fucking interest in being a movie star at all. He, he He's a character actor. And that's what's strange, because you've got here... You've got Reggie, who is movie star, and Ronnie, who is character. Yeah. And he plays both of them fantastically. But the rest of it, I mean, Christopher Eccleston is becoming such a fucking phoning it in actor. He's brutal. Christopher, I mean, I, I am very, very done with Christopher Eccleston. I am. And, and he used to be inc- an incredible actor. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he now, I mean, I, I, I've actually I've I've, I've had a, a drink with Chris Freckleston once, um, and he's a he's a very nice chap. Uh, but he's said I've heard him say to somebody, "I don't give a shit about TV. I don't give a fuck about film. I only do it because it pays better than theatre." Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, this is it. I mean, if he wants to be an artist, that's great, but you are just going to have to take a pay cut then. You know, I mean. It, I mean, his character, it's just the most derivative cop who's actually a bit jealous, mm. but um, keeps it bubbling under. But so he's, he's dogged and determined, but, you know, and he's almost a bad guy himself because you root for it. Just it's the whole thing is the most cliche, like brutally. So, I mean, the one bit where he's on the date with um, Tom Hardy's on the date with Emily Browning. And it's it's good fellas. It's good fellas. I it just it's are you actually doing this, Brian Helgeland? Yeah. Really? You are not a first time filmmaker who's just referencing the stuff that you want to reference. You're an old hand at this and you should know better. It is it, it does make you think with with um Hangler that if maybe Because Hangler's a good writer. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, he's not here, but yeah, sure. He's he's a really good writer, but his worst written movies are the ones that he fucking directs. Directs, yeah. Fair play. Um, Yeah. Okay. But as as just a standalone writer, he's he's actually really quite quite good. It, It makes you wonder that maybe had he written this and somebody else, for instance, you know, asked Scorsese had directed it, it would have been a lot better. <laughs> it's the only word you can really use to describe it. Because it, 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 it's, it is a funny thing where you, you've got somebody who, who is an accomplished writer, but not an accomplished director. You know, his directorial films are not fantastic. They're enjoyable, usually, but they're not, they're not fantastic. And you've got such a great story here. And it almost feels a little bit like, you, like Hardy has been let down by... A supporting cast that's, that some of them are competent and some of them are just plain not very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Eccleston is phoning it in. Um, Palminteri is... Holy fuck, does he still do things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I thought Teron Egerton was cartoonish. I mean, it, it, well, I mean, he gets nothing to do. He basically laughs yeah. at, at Ronnie. Yeah. Or with Ronnie, that that's all his also, character actually does. There's also that it, it, it does seem a, a little bit like they couldn't decide, and, uh, and the soundtrack I think backs this theory up. <laughs> they couldn't decide whether or not they wanted to make a great film or a cool film. Sure. And what's kind of happened is they've made an all right. You know, not quite cool enough film, because a cool film is something we watched uh, um, a few weeks ago in The Man from Uncle. There is an achingly cool film. Yeah. You know, with a, in a good way. In, in a good, good way. way yeah. yeah. With a great soundtrack, and it happens to be a, a very good film at the same time. Whereas mm. this is striving for swinging sixties London. We want people to have the soundtrack on the Spotify and be going to see the fucking movie. The amazing thing is, this is an 18-rated movie that has had mm. TV spots, posters, it's been on the side of buses. You know, with the exception of um, Fifty Shades of Grey, it, it's not very often that we get that. And that's starting to creep back in. That idea where two, three years ago, people were saying, where are all the, 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 the films for you know adults for, you know, in cinemas? Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff like this, and now getting that sort of stuff back out there. It's just a shame that the quality sure. wasn't quite there. It, it, it does feel like a disappointment. That's what... Yeah, I mean... I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed in you, Legend. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just having a look at how much it... I mean, it made... Bloody hell. So it had Wednesday and Thursday previews, admittedly, but it did £5.19 million this weekend. Yeah. I mean... It did. I mean, fucking hell. Yeah. My screen was packed. The, yeah, so was mine. When this actually. goes out in the States, it'll do well. It'll easily make back its budget. I mean, it's, and it's all the Tom Hardy factor. I mean, oh, yeah. with, you know, with, with, you know, the, the craze, the still a fascination there. But it just, like you say, Hardy is, is amazing. Yeah. You know, amazing. And I mean, his... Ronnie, I mean, he does such a good line between like funny and 
he's going to stab you in the eye any second now. Yeah, the, the, that... the scene in the in the pub is is fantastic, where he gets really angry. With the... Oh, um, and, and has a fight with his brother? No, the, the, the one before that, the one where he gets really angry um, with the because of the big group of the guys there, um, so, where essentially they've been they've been set up. And he he loses his shit. Oh god, yeah. I mean, that seems great. That scene is great. It does not belong in the same film as the one where Ronnie is is abusing his wife and then expects her to take him back in in pretty much the very next scene. It, 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 it's dissonant. It is because the funny thing is about this movie is there's violence there, and it, it, it is at points it is. Very violent at points, but I would say the actual proper violence maybe totals in at a maximum of maybe five minutes of screen time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you add it all in together, and it, it's almost like Eglin wants wants to go quick and punchy with the violence, but then wants to wants to stretch out and pad out the the talky bits of it, where. You know, you watch the movie about the fucking creators. I don't want to hear about what they're doing. But you want to see it? See it? Yeah, sure. yeah. You know, that's why I'm watching it. I'm watching a movie about the Crave Brothers. Your main fucking point of it is Tom Hardy being fantastic at playing both of these roles. Mm-hmm. So stop showing me Tom Hardy talking to Emily Browning in another fucking prison about stuff. Well, that uh, and, and to be fair, I mean, like it's good seeing Hardy and like Hardy as such together, but it's, it also feels up and then like getting back on terms again, kind yeah. of ten fifteen minute period. It just I can't feel that maybe this film was maybe rushed because you know it. Skatif and going to open in UK cinemas, you know, before the awards heavy hitters come out. And maybe if it had another month or two, maybe if Helgeland could have maybe done something to get the tone balanced better, then it, it, it could have been a, be- a better film. I mean, it's, it's a shame because I'd, I'd like to think I'd watch this film again because of Tom Hart, but I, I probably won't because of pretty much everything around him. Yeah, that is that is that is the issue. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it'll be interesting if when this comes out on on Blu-ray, if it's an extended cut. Uh, do you know what? Yeah, if if there is some sort of alternate cut when it, when it comes out on like VOD or whatever, I yeah, I will give it I will give it another go. Yeah, but I mean, um, I, I, otherwise I'll probably never watch it again. Yeah, I mean I'm at a I'm at a definitely not. I don't think it's shit, so I'm I definitely not shit, but it's a very, very close to touching cloth. Based solely on the fact that that Hardy is so good in it, I don't think I could call it shit, because it contains such a great double lead performance that that I, I can't quite... That, that, that kind of kicks it off from the uh, touching cloth. I, I'm, I'm going to call it definitely shit, because even though Hardy is fantastic in it, I think not one single element around him um, gets gets better than average. 
and some of the elements in there are downright terrible. So um, I'm 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 on definitely shit. Okay. Um, right. We well well we're going to go into what we've been watching. Uh, I'll, I'll let I'll let you kick us off if you because you've got you've got quite a bit. I've got quite a bit. We have actually it's been quite a, a few weeks since we've gone, hasn't it? Well, yeah, and also we didn't do a what we've been watching in the last episode. So I've got my letterboxed up here and literally I'm going back to the 24th of August. Which is, yeah, and we're recording this on September the 15th. Yeah, it's like three weeks worth of stuff. And then I'm a little bit, I've I've probably forgotten a few things that I've watched then. I mean, oh, oh, fair enough. I mean, I've got my list here, and just because I'm OCD about this, I'll go through the stuff I don't really need to talk about too off, uh, too much, and then focus on one thing, maybe just for my little bit here. Is that okay? Yeah, that was good. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, oh, sweet. What's that? Pizza. What? Why have I got pizza? Starter. We're having pizza as a starter. <laughs> uh, Italy is the best. Italy is the best, and we're kind of matching it here, right? So. For the, thank you very much, babe. So for those who like have never been in Italy, like last night we went out for dinner, right? And you have like a first course and then a second course. And the first course is basically a full meal. <laughs> um, so what did I have last night? Jesus. So la- last night, right, Donna and I shared for a starter this plate of mi- meats and cheese. Donna's a vegetarian, so I was all over the meat and there was so much meat. And a fair bit, of, like a good portion of cheese. But my um, my my brother-in-law Craig, he had this. Um, oh no, he had the plate of gnocchi for. Um, oh god, what did he have first? No, I'll tell you what. I'll go with my my father-in-law Carl. Right, so he had like spaghetti carbonara as his first, and then they had this like crazy swordfish platter as his main, and I had this selection of meats and cheeses, and then had a full pizza. As the second course, the Italians are doing this right. Yeah, they do. They do. So, so like everybody's like having dinner in the other room, and I, I'm gonna have some spaghetti bolognese once we're done with this. But I've just got a couple of slices of pizza here, just because <laughs> you know it's a first course. Why not? I wasn't expecting it. My 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 extended family are the best. I don't know whether they they can hear this or not, but I don't care. Yeah, they're the best, and so is my wife. So I've got pizza and beers, <laughs> and it's the best. Anyway, right. Moving on, sorry, slightly self-indulgent. Um, not as self, uh, it's not as self-indulgent as our last episode, though. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll run through the like the kind of the obvious stuff. Goodfellas, five out of five, obviously. Yeah. Moonrise Kingdom, five out of five, obviously. Yes, Mike, obviously. The Godfather, five out of five, obviously. Can you even watch some good shit? Um, uh, the Gallows. I think the worst film I've seen this year don't really need to talk about it other than to say I hated every single person in it. Every single person. But I was going to watch, I was going to watch that the other day, but it was either that or watching that based on how bad you said it was or watching another couple of episodes of Narcos. And I thought I'm not in the mood for being disappointed right now. <laughs> Did you just say Narcos? Yeah. Narcos. Narcos, Narcos. Can't remember, yeah. Interesting. Could people please tweet at Dude and a Monkey the correct pronunciation of Narcos or Narcos? I, I think it's probably actually Narcos, to be honest. I think I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. No, no I, might, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Uh, but yeah, The Gallows, it's like an hour and a quarter long. So if you're looking to kind of um, beef up your kind of 
film watching list of the year that's a good one to go for um insurgent uh, di- uh so the second one in the divergent series dull as dishwater until the last five I, because like, like i've watched the first one um my wife really likes the books and she swears by them oh um, well then so, sorry you got it you know so you know there you go um but literally, the last five minutes is interesting, um, and actually, the, the next one I'm interested in seeing because of, because of the setup, um, and, and uh, Naomi Watts has got dark hair in it, and that's interesting also. Um, she's quite fetching. Um, right, okay. Um, I will focus just for now on. Oh, and I rewatched Furious Seven, and it's you know, gold. Um, Right, okay. Uh, yeah, Entourage. All right. We were, did you ever watch the series of this? First two seasons and I gave up. Right. It's up. Never watched an episode in my life. Okay. So, Entourage, um, it's done, written and directed by the series creator Doug Ellen. Um, and basically, so it seems like at the end of the series, um, Vinny Chase, the lead guy played by Adrian Grenier, was um, uh, was getting married or just got married. The film starts. He's having a party on a boat. There's loads of women there and loads of Budweiser, like pointed at the camera with the Budweiser <laughs> label. Um, and his mates all come in on a speedboat. And they're like, what's going on, Vinny? You know, it's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be your honeymoon. Oh, they broke up two weeks into their honeymoon, you know, because apparently honeymoons go on for longer than two weeks in, in Vinny Chase's world. I'm sure they do. Um, but, yeah, they broke up while they're on honeymoon. So there you go. He's uh, he's he's back. He's reset to how he was in the series before he got whatever romantic interest he had. So there you go. He's allowed to go off and. Have sex with women again. Um, e played by um, uh, Kevin Connolly, who weirdly is billed first in the cast um, above like the, the guy who plays Vinny Chase, who's like supposed to be the subject of the series. But okay, um, his ex is uh, like eight months pregnant. Um, so I, but I think they probably were together at the end of the series, but they have split up since. Um, and so he's having a weird thing where he's got his girlfriend, but his ex is pregnant with his kid. Um, Johnny Drama, played by um, something Dylan, I think. I don't Dylan. care. Is it Kevin Dillon? Dylan. Yeah. Is the other guy Kevin Connolly, or have I just got to multiply my Kevins? I think it might be. Uh... Okay, cool. There's two Kevins. Great. Um, so Johnny Drama, he's Vince's brother, and... Um, he is um, hoping for great things because he's always been a rubbish actor. But Vinny Chase starts the film saying, I want to direct my next picture. So he gets an over $100 million budget, makes a film called Hyde, as in Jekyll and Hyde. And Johnny Drama's in it, and he's supposed to be brilliant, apparently. Um, and then um, other mate Turtle, played by Jerry Ferreira, I think, um, he's Finn now, and he wants to have sex with um, Ronda Rousey. That's his thread. Um, so, uh, basically, yes, Vince has made this over $100 million film, Hyde. Um, you see a clip from it at the start, like the opening sequence, and it looks terrible. Wait, um, it's, I see the, 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 the MMA. Yeah, yeah. 
I can agree with him on that one. Yeah, well, there you go. So I mean, say somebody, somebody who you know, if they wanted to, could rape you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, she would destroy you. Um, you just go, look, just fucking hit me as hard as you can. Why? Just fucking why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. Like, I want to know, know how much it hurts and if I get a boner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both. Um, so, uh, yeah, and basically Ari Gold played by Jeremy Piven. He's now the head of a studio. His first uh, green light was Finney Chase. His film, so there's a lot riding on him. Um, and um, uh, Billy Bob Thornton plays like a, a, a an oil baron financier who sends his son, played by um, Weird Face Haley Joel Osment, to um, basically check out the like the cut of the film, and then it kind of goes on from there. And Haley Joel Osment has problems with it. There you go. First off, the uh, spoiler for the end of Entourage because who cares? Uh, this film gets nominated for five Golden Globes and makes a, a, a load at the box office. It's a huge success. This and Johnny Drama wins Best Supporting Actor at the Golden Globes apparently. So um, yeah, this film looks terrible. It's basically the clip that you see from the opening sequence, which is the only bit of this film you within the film you see. It's um. Uh, Vinnie Chase is DJing and he chucks a load of like tablets in the air and then people eat them and then police with riot gear come along and start chucking flaming things or something. That's it. It's edited like a music video. It looks like if Michael Bay dreamt something basically. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, it goes on from there. Um, So Vinnie Chase, even though he's never directed a film before, doesn't really seem to have that much passion for anything. Barely features in this film, really. Um, and he just makes this brilliant film. So there's your suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief number two. Um, Jerry Ferreira has a chance with Ronda Rousey. And the whole, his plot thread is um, that he doesn't think that she'd be interested in, in him. Turns out she is. That's it. Oh. Um, Johnny Drama um, has a tape of him doing something unseemly put on TMZ but then it gets nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Golden Globes um, E um, gets tricked by some girls into thinking that he made one of them pregnant and um, has got an STD off of one of them and turns out neither and then he gets back with his ex um, Ari Gold, um, he sorts out the problems, quits his head of the studio because, you know, why not? That's Entourage. It, it, it sounds a little bit like one of those films that kind of happens while you're watching it. Yeah. It finishes, you go, oh, oh, is that it? Oh, yeah. All right. Watched it on the plane. <laughs> was it watching it on, on the plane or was it... A movie that was on the plane. No, I watched it. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it, it absolutely empty calories. I, you do. I, I did actually feel physically sick at the excess at one point. I've, that's never happened before. Is it? Is it um, a little bit? It, it seems to me a little bit like, and this this might just be a little bit of putting two and two together and getting fucking retarded, but that this is it, essentially. Sex and the City, the movie, but with dicks. Pretty much, um, uh, in in both the physical and yeah. 
personality sense, yes. Um, I didn't. The thing is, I didn't absolutely hate it because Ari Gold, I think, is is pretty entertaining. I think Jeremy Piven kind of bites that role off with both teeth, and um, he's very entertaining. Um, I mean, the rest of it's not. The rest of it's kind of gross. Um, but Ari alone makes me not hate it, even though I probably should. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, it's 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 really it's one of the most pointless things my eyes have ever had put into them. Is it is it one of those things where I you know having never watched it and having no I know nothing about any of the characters. Um, would I get anything out of it from watching it? Is there any point in, in me watching it uh, just out of pure curiosity? Jeremy Piven has some good lines. All right. I might, I might actually give it a, a, a go then. It is, it's only like an hour and 40 odd. So, you know, I can easily I can easily sort of devour that. Well, maybe. Okay, I'll have another moment. <laughs> no, I mean, I easily devoured it. But like I say, it's empty calories. You do feel a bit gross after. Yeah, um, and that, that's about it. Entourage. It's I don't know. It's just that, that a film that totally just came and went and I didn't register on any scale whatsoever. I don't think, and deservedly so. <laughs> yeah, it did. It kind of it, it, it arrived. People went, "What? Really? They made this?" And then it, it, it disappeared. Mm. Cool. Pretty much, man. You want me to do a couple, and then we'll come back to you. Yeah, no, 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 please do. I've talked enough. Go on. Right. Uh... I, I, despite the fact that it has been like nearly fucking three weeks, uh, I have been watching uh, Narcos. Uh, I've been incredibly busy, so I've, I've actually I've actually probably forgotten a few that I have watched. Um, but I, I've got a few to talk about that I can actually actually talk about. I watched uh, Sweetwater, the uh, Logan Miller film uh, with Ed Harris, Jeremy Jones, and uh, Jason Isaacs uh, in it. Uh, have you seen this? No, I have not. It, it, it's a funny one, um, Sweetwater. Uh, it's essentially it's a revenge movie um, that that builds up to the revenge, and then the revenge happens in literally the last five ten minutes. <laughs> um, so you've got um, Jason Isaacs plays um, a, a preacher called the Prophet Josiah, who has set up uh, essentially a. a, a a church and um, a congregation in a um, New Mexico town in the uh, late 1800s. Uh, and essentially, he has roughshod um, his way into gaining more and more land because he's saying that he should have this land because it's God's land. Uh, he does this via intimidation and outright just fucking killing people. Um, and does it all in the name of God because uh, either he's calling people into thinking that God's talks to him or he genuinely does seem to think that God is talking to him. Um, along the way, he has killed two uh, passers-by who it turns out were actually quite well-to-do gentlemen um, and uh, Ed Harris has been sent um, to take over as the sheriff of this town to essentially find out what happened to these two gentlemen because they, without question, went through this town. Uh, Ed Harris plays this batshit genius sheriff who randomly just starts dancing at, at random points um, and 
seems to talk in code all of the time. Um, and it, then you've got um, January Jones is there with her husband uh, who own a farm that is part of the land that um, Jason Isaacs is trying to get. And that's where the whole revenge thing comes from. Um, but all that happens quite near the end. It, it's got a really good build-up um, to it. And it, it's, you know, I think it's, it's about just over an hour and a, about an hour and 40 long, I think it is. And it builds up quite nicely. It looks quite nice. Uh, the performances are all okay, apart from the fact that January Jones has one expression always, and it's just meh. Uh, Ed Harris is a lot of fun. Jason Isaacs is a lot of fun. But then the last 10 minutes was almost like, like the writers had gone, shit, we've actually, we've got, we'll start shooting in a week's time. We better finish it. Oh, and they shoot each other. And that's it. <laughs> it just kind of ends and you go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, have you just spent all of this time building up and then. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. And it, and it say, oh, 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 actually, yes, that is what happened. Oh my god. Why the fuck have we? I just sat and watched this because I'll be honest, Ed Harris was entertaining, but I, 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 I literally could have just fucking pornhubbed the January Jones breast bit because that had happened until the last fucking ten minutes. Why was she even <laughs> naked? Literally, they went January. Do you take it off? <laughs> no, nobody gives a shit about the rest of you. Okay, you <laughs> get them out. Mean. And she's gone, really? And they've gone, yeah, get an award. Oh, really? I might get an award? Yeah. And she's gone, that, and they've gone, I can't fucking believe she fell for that. Yeah. Because was actually, if I'd been on set, I'd have gone, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why, why, January, why are you doing this? Oh, because they've said, no, they're bastards. <laughs> God. We don't, you yeah. do, we do not need to spend... A week shooting this one fucking scene. Right the goddamn end of the movie, alright? Right the end of the movie. Stop shooting her boobs. This has gone too far. It, honestly, it, there is, there has never been, no, correction, there was swordfish. There hasn't been a more pointless titty shot since swordfish. I actually felt mm. bad for looking at Jenny Jones' boobs. And that is a bad thing that Sweetwater made that happen. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's The worst thing is, it's entertaining up to the point of where it goes into revenge, and then it happens, and you go, what? No. That, you could have gone further with that. So, entertaining Ooh, sorry. a disappointment. Uh, on to something mm. that... Right. In the last, not the last podcast, the podcast before that... Um, I bitched and moaned about comedy, <laughs> essentially, and said that comedy was eventually dead. Um, sure, yeah. I watched Spy, a movie that I had no interest in Here whatsoever. Okay, um, yeah. I, I would claim that I don't like Paul Feig. I would claim that I don't like Melissa McCarthy. I would also claim that I don't mind Rose Byrne. I just wish she'd eat a sandwich. She should go to Italy and eat all of the food you're eating. Um, I I I have never watched anything with Miranda Hart, but her, but but her face looks strange, and that. Yep. Alison Janney is always 
it's one of those where she's always brilliant. But you convinced me to watch this because you said Jason Statham was just brilliant. He's gold. So I watched Spy. Um, and you know what? It's really, really good. Yep. It's a really entertaining, really funny movie. And do you know why? Because it contains the performance of a lead actress in Melissa McCarthy who is likeable. Yep. Is a good actor. Yep. Has impeccable comedic timing. Yep. You know, I, I might not like her when she essentially is doing the fat woman fall down thing, but when she's not doing that, she is quite brilliant as a she's, actress. Her character is really good at her job. Yep. Just like she is in the heat, yep. and Sandra Bullock is in the heat as well. That is the thing that Paul Feig seems to understand in these films. Yeah, women these women in comedies don't have to be buffoons. Oh no, I, no I, absolutely not. Comedy um, can come from other things. And sorry, that's that's what Spy gets right. Sorry. Um, yeah, it, it does. It work. It works really well, and she's she's brilliant in it. Um, and also, well, it, it knows when to stop with a joke. Yep. knows when to go. Do you know what? Because I guarantee you, there's 20 minutes on the cutting room floor that that could that would have got into an Apatow movie. But Feig knows. Do you know what? No. I've told that joke, and it was funny. I don't need to tell it four times. I, I, I tell you what, there is an extended edition coming out on digital HD and Blu-ray. Well, yeah, but I, I'd watch that, because I hope that the extended edition is just Jason Statham telling stories. Or getting confused about the face-off machine. Oh, the face-off machine is incredible. Or, or, just, I know I actually mentioned this when, when I first talked about it on the show, but the ending oh. where he goes off and he thinks he's going to go, so he's just going to go out on the ocean it, and then it's just a lake. Yeah, and then you hear him, it, hang on a minute, this is a fucking lake. Yeah, yeah, it, that is the, the, so good. It's better, so good. The better bit than that is the... Where'd you get that soup from? I made it, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, you don't know whether or not he actually does these things. It's the fact that, that, that he just he just says these ridiculous things all of the time. But he seems to be a guy who, a little bit Archer-esque, where he's, he's, he's incredibly good at his job by accident. Just through... Sure. Just trying rather than actually being good at his job. Yeah, um, Spy, it, it's it's really entertaining. It's a really good action film. It's really funny. It zips along at a wonderful pace. And it's an incredi- it's incredibly likeable. Even Rose Byrne, who is playing a terrible person in it, has some great lines. You know, the, the constant having a go at... Um, uh, Melissa McCarthy, about the way she looks, is fantastic. Uh, it, oh god, yeah! It's such a well, it's such a well handled movie. Um, and Miranda Hart, who I, I, I've never watched anything she's in, but she looks like a sort of person that annoys me. Even she's quite amusing when she gets into it. Yep. Um, you know the the what's your name? What, what's your name? And she goes, you know, instead of giving her alias, she goes Melissa McCarthy's character's real name. Oh god, yeah. It's oh, no, that the, the porn star name bit as well, <laughs> where it, or the, the the agent name, where it's like the name of your first dog, 
and the, um, the 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 street you grew up on, and like Mrs. McCarthy's like Meatball Martin, Martin Luther King Boulevard <laughs> or something like that. It's, it's amazing. It is it's so good. It's such it is such a likable, you know, and it is when. You... <laughs> So good. <laughs> the, 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 the fucking face off machine when those two guys mm. just laughing about it. He's going, you put me in the face off machine. It's Alison Janney's response to it of, of, oh yeah, but the problem is it costs 50 cent. He's like, what? I have to pay. And she's like, no, because it doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> the fact that he doesn't believe them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. I was incredibly impressed uh, with it. That. That and the um, uh, just the last the last thing from me on this, where the Melissa McCarthy's getting her gadgets and whatnot, and it's that thing, and it's like labelled as hemorrhoid cream. Yeah, and, she, and, and they're like, couldn't you, uh, you know, couldn't you say this was just a, 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 a like mace spray? And the guy's like, oh, that's a really good idea. And Melissa McCarthy's like, well, can you do it? He's like, no, I'd have to turn on the printer. <laughs> yeah. I just um, that is it's it's, it's it's her it's, response to that as well. Yeah, yeah. Have I done something to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I, 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 I know. I've got, a, I've got a lot of time for spy. I think it's probably my favourite comedy of the year so far. Actually, it... I, I, I'd agree with that. I went from, from, from at the start, only wanting to watch it to see, to, 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 to essentially to prove myself right that it would be shit. And like I, 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 I had exactly the same experience as I had last year with Heat. Where I went to watch it to go, I'm going to watch this so I can prove that I'm right, that it's shit. And what Paul Feig has done both times is prove that I am not right, that he's yeah. right to me, that yes, I didn't like Bride, uh, Bridesmaids. So I'm now thinking, hang on a minute, should I re-watch Bridesmaids? Was I wrong about Bridesmaids? So I'm actually going to re-watch Bridesmaids, which I despised. And maybe I just watched it in the wrong mood. I I really I I really liked Bridesmaids the one time I've seen it. Donna hated it. Yeah, I, I, um, I absolutely hated it, but I loved the heat. And I Don, you hate you, you hated Bridesmaids, didn't you? Yeah. Well, uh, we didn't hate it, but it wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, I'm I'm I, I I'm buying whatever Paul Feig's selling at this point. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, right. Uh, I, I'll I'll do one more, then I'll let you do a few, and then I'll do my last two after that. Uh, I watched. Okay. Cool. Friended. Uh, oh yes. Okay. The um, well, it kind of seems to go a little bit unnoticed. This, which is a strange one, because um, you know, every so often, every sort of three four months, we get a, a the hot shit horror movie, um, and. It, it went unnoticed because it actually came out in cinemas nationwide. And when a horror comes out on, in cinemas nationwide, like wide, wide, horror fans tend to kind of think that, like, it, like sort of what I see. Or, or, yeah, yeah, it's going to be like a mainstream horror film and it's not going to be for them or something like that. Only the latest thing that only really comes out on VOD or on limited release. Those are the horror films that matter, apparently. No, Unfriended. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, Unfriended, I think you and uh, yourself and Noel spoke about it. Well, essentially, you spend 80-odd minutes um, staring at um, a girl's computer screen. Um, and yep. through that, she's talking via Skype um, and Instant Messenger, and um, she's looking at YouTube. Uh, a lot of 
is chatting with friends and you get to what's happening there is it supernatural is there something else going on and I, I, I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to give too much away because I want people to watch this movie uh, but what I will say is it, it's for a, essentially staring at a computer screen for an hour and 20 minutes it amps up the tension um, it's, it's really well done um, you, inst- you within I would say five minutes kind of forget that you're just watching a computer screen you, you mm. like you're within all of this and um, although we never actually properly meet any of the characters, I suppose, you do get an idea about their relationships and things like that. It, it works really well, and it's it's a really, really good movie. And it, 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 it kind of bothers me that we get utter shite like it follows. Thrust Upon has been the great fucking horrors of the year, and, you know, this is the It's So Hot Right Now horror. And then this kind of gets forgotten about when this is actually a really good movie. Um, and it, it's, I mean, it's done incredible business. I mean, it's done off a $1 million budget. It's done like, over $60 million, which is, you know, incredible business, really. Uh, but it's, 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 a, it's a, you know, seriously, folks, if you've not watched it, Unfriended, check it out because it is actually a genuinely, um, and I'm fucking done with modern horror, to be honest. Um, it is a genuinely good modern horror movie that isn't trying to be cool. It's just trying to be a good movie, and it, it succeeds at every turn. Yeah, it could have done without the last shot. I think I said that previously. Yeah, I, no, I like... agree with that. Could have done without last shot doesn't need to be there. Uh, that last shot's too far. But beyond that, yeah, it, it's, it, it's 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 a great movie. What else? Yeah, I mean, I, oh. uh, I, I, will, I will just say it's um, it, it, it's a Blumhouse production, and you know, I like my Blumhouse. I will just say. The Gallows is also a Blumhouse production, and it's, I think, actually genuinely the worst one I've seen yet. So, um, but it, it was just to say, I'm very, very pro Blumhouse, but The Gallows is terrible. Um, you get the occasional one wrong. Yeah. Um, so, did you, like, are you doing two and Turbo Kid? Or yeah, but Turbo I, I, Kid one of those? Two and Turbo Kid, but one of them will literally be a, 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 a minute, maybe, on one of them. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, we'll just get through it, and then, um, it, I mean, like, frankly, we're only, like, an hour in, so I think we could probably spend a bit of time on Turbicode at the end. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, okay, so I watched, um, very briefly, just mentioning, because I forgot to kind of mention it earlier, on Windwalkers. It's the one Fright Fest kind of screener I, I managed to see. Um, wasn't very good. Um, has a really intriguing setup about um, the spirits of native americans um going after the, uh, the white man who um who basically raped their land and then it just turns into oh there's kind of like a zombie infection that's been brought over from iraq oh. and it's like what okay really um right okay uh, makes good use of its budget i will say that but um yeah they're not great um okay uh on the, the 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 kind of the the the, the line of um, the the film with the kind of it like Sweetwater, the kind of the interesting kind of premise that kind of comes to nothing. Um, Folks. Oh yeah, I was well. I, I've 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 hovered over this quite a few times on Netflix. 
Yeah. So, oh, is this on US Netflix? Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I um I reviewed a screener because it came out on UK like VOD and I think limited theatrical last Friday. Um, so there you go. Okay, I didn't know that US Netflix. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, um, Leland Dorser, um, yep. actually gets the lead role. That is enough to recommend it. It is, yeah, because I think we said um, when we reviewed when we I think when we did, did the, the commentary uh, that yeah, Leland Dorser yeah. is one of those that that within the next ten years will get nominated for a best supporting actor, and people will start to realise that he's actually been a fantastic character actor for the past twenty odd years. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, Leland Dorser. Um, basically, this is from producers of the guest. Um, so Leland also complete with mustache and Lance Reddick both turn up. Um, so, you know, you got some guest continuity there. Um, basically, um, essentially Leland also is this kind of washed up ex TV personality, um, who, uh, kind of like got people out of cults and like investigated, um, uh, like the origins of cults and basically he he has a backstory where he deprogrammed a girl it went wrong and now he's kind of washed up and he's written a book and it's not doing any business and he's got um his kind of business partner sent lance reddick chasing him for the money and he's um hired um he's desperate and the opening scene of the film is um Okay, so Leland Orser, he's hired by um, a husband and wife to deprogram their daughter from this cult. You getting that? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. And um, she's played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Okay. Um, I know I just said I didn't want to spoil the first scene, but if you don't get it, fair enough. But Guy is hired to deprogram girl from cult. Tell me what the end of the film is. The end of the film, at the start of it, that he's, he's hired to deprogram, that, that, that he deprograms it. Well, that, that, that is what you'd say the end of the film would be. Yeah, that she's, that she's, that by the end of the film, she's no longer programmed to be in the cult. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so... Fuck, it's kind of hard to say now. The, the ending is either very obvious or not very obvious. Or is it? Or the, the other, the other sort of that would be that he ends up joining the cult. The ending is either obvious or not very obvious. <laughs> okay, so basically, um, for me, this is this is obviously subjectively. I spent after the first act, I spent the film basically saying, right, when's this going to happen? And then it happened. And then that's the end of the film. It's like, right, okay, fine. Um, through it, there's some kind of like slightly maybe supernaturally kind of stuff going on that might or might not be kind of depends. The thing is, the ending of the film, on paper, it's um, it, 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 it kind of seems like, well, yeah, all right, then, of course. But Leon Dorsa is such a strong actor that your interpretation of whether it's a happy or a sad ending for that character, he makes it really ambiguous. And that's really interesting that a lot of the rest of the film is not. 
Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is not very good in it. She has to play alternately kind of innocent and sexy, and she plays it in this kind of flat, monotone way where it seems like she's trying to be both at the same time, but the script's not asking her to be, but she just plays it in the same register the whole way through. Do you not just think that's a little bit what Mary Elizabeth Winstead is like? She Maybe. I in, in, in everything she, she does. I, I, I want to see... I want to see what's that film that she did with Aaron Paul, where she's uh, where she's alcoholic. alcoholic. Is it is it Smashed. what's it called? Smashed. I was thinking wrecked, but no, no. Wrecked is the Adrian Brody stuck in a car one. No, yeah. Smashed. I want to see that because I've heard she's good in it. So you know. she's she's all right in it. You know, yeah. There's um, no. She's not. She's not by no means is, is she bad in it, but it, it's not one way you go. Shit, she's really good at that. She's just all right, isn't it? Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, I, yeah, I, I wasn't a massive fan of her. Leland Orser, he basically embodies washed up, didn't get a lot out of his life, probably too late to do anything else now kind of guy. Hmm. Um, he basically plays my dad 10 years ago. Um, uh, you know, it's, you know it, it is what it is. But... Um, and and he, he he gets this one last chance. He kind of seizes it with both hands, and it, it goes where it goes. But because of that, like I say, the ending could be seen as happy or sad, and that's actually pretty interesting. But the um, I I don't know, the screenplay's not great. It, the, the the like I said, the quirk of the first act it kind of goes away, and it kind of, the film kind of turns to nothing. I was slightly waiting for it to end until the last five minutes and then because of Leland also I thought it was kind of interesting but um, as a Netflix watch sure pay money for it hell no one of those yeah uh, like really really mild recommend and it's because of also so yeah I will probably watch it at some point but it'll be one of those where I'll watch it when I'm going oh, I can't decide what's watching or what fuck it I'll watch that yeah that's pretty much it a massive Tuesday night watch yeah, yeah, that is that is totally, totally it. Yeah. Absolutely. See, I actually now have Tuesday nights. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 two, I, I, I am now down to... Actually, technically, I am not now down to, to two jobs because I haven't actually left my second job yet. I just... I'm not going to be staying on. Um, but I, 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 I still need to actually tell my new employees that I'm an employer as that. Oh, so it has switched employers, but you just haven't... Uh, well, right, okay. Um, the uh, paperwork was all signed over, and the uh, restaurant that I used to work at now um, closed yesterday. But it's then kind of reopening, is it? It's uh, being done out and reopening, but we have no idea when it's reopening or what's happening. <laughs> but all I know is I've got to go in for a meeting at some point to discuss my job role to basically say, yeah, I'm not staying in the end of the day, it, you're happy to go, and if it means it's going to potentially save someone else, then all the better. I'm, I'm happy to go, and I, I'm just going to say to them, you know, it's nothing to do with you guys at all. I just, I'd have left months ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, good for you, man. So I, and weirdly, I have Friday nights now, which I, I haven't had Friday nights. It's an idea. I have worked, unless I've had something specific planned, so... Like, if I've been going on holiday, or I've been going away, or I've been going, you know, through to Freight Fest with you guys, something like that. Um, I've not had Friday nights for seven years now. That's brutal, Jesus. Um, and so I actually have a Friday night, um, my first fucking Friday night this Friday. Do you know what I'm doing? 
it's the works leaving them. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> like, I, I suspect I'll, I'll go. I really kind of don't want to. <laughs> so, because it's just me, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those things where everyone's going to be really sad, and I'm not that sad. <laughs> nice. I just realised I can swear a bit more because they're eating outside. Ah, that's not too bad then. Cool. Yeah, I've got my earphones in, but that's good. Oh, can I just say, are you recording? I am recording, yes. Cool. Um, go on then, what's... No, it's not sad to go to a works leaving do. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the works leaving do. It's the whole fucking company. Yeah, yeah. It's not sad. I don't know. It'll be right. Oh, at least you're not working. No, at least... Well, no, I'm not. I'm fucking oh, not. You're right. Um, okay, so... Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Runaway Train. Oh, I've not watched this since I, I watched a copy of it on VHS, but I do actually, I, I have actually, I do actually own it. I bought it. What the Arrow Blue? Yeah, yeah, it looks nice actually. Um, yeah, so Runaway Train. I'd never seen this before. So uh, directed by Andre Konchalovsky. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, and basically, it's the one film in that canon doc we re- reviewed a couple months back where anyone actually had anything good to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was like the, how the fuck did this get released by canon? Yeah. Like they, one. And, by accident. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. Yeah. You kind of, yeah, you get that, get that from it, to be honest with you. So uh story is uh John Voight and Eric Roberts um, are in this uh, uh prison. John Voight's kind of planning on breaking out. Um, he does with a bit of Eric Roberts' help. Uh, uh, Eric Roberts tags along. Uh, they uh, basically stow away on this train where through um, a, a, a confluence of events, um, it turns out to be kind of a runaway train uh, as of the title. And, um, you know, basically these guys are on it. No one knows they are actually on it at the start of the film because they're stowaways and it kind of goes on from there. Um Eric Roberts should sue Matthew McConaughey for almost every single Matthew McConaughey performance ever. <laughs> um, it, I mean, seriously, I was just expecting Eric Roberts to go, all right, all right, all right, at one point. Yeah. It's, it's that, like, direct. <laughs> like, it, uh, it, it's crazy. Because, I, I don't know, I've never seen Eric Roberts do that before. I mean, he's Matthew McConaughey. It's, it's mad. Um, and, and, you know, John Voight's his usual kind of steely John Voight self. I'm going to say spoiler alert for Runaway Train because the one thing that really come, like speaks to me about the film is, is, the, is the ending. So spoiler alert, skip a couple of minutes if you haven't seen it. The, the ending of Runaway Train is the most badass and poetic <laughs> at the same time thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It's inc- I mean, incredible. The rest of the film is really good. I mean, Re- Rebecca De Mornay, she's good, but her character may as well not be there. Um, but he, John Voight, basically surfing the runaway train to nowhere, where he's like, I've won. I am defiant. I have escaped the prison. I, I, you know, I have escaped the system. I am 100% doing this on my own terms. And he is just going off on a train to nowhere, on top of it, almost surfing it in a blizzard. <laughs> and then just, oh. It, it's I, 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 amazing. I got it because I watched it 
years and years and years ago um, and thought it was incredible. And then when it came out on, we couldn't get hold of it. Then when it came out on Blu-ray, I thought, got it. But it's one of those, where, right, I keep saying to Bex, we have to watch this, you have to watch this. And, and she keeps going, I don't fancy it. But I'm, just, I'm, I'm now at the point where I don't want to watch it without her. But I know that she's probably never going to want to watch it. So I've kind of got to watch it. So I'm stuck in that, that period of, of, of where... I might, I, she's out tonight, so I might just fuck it. I might just go, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm watching the train tonight. I'll watch it tonight. Nice. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was based on a screenplay by Akira Kurosawa, but then Sorry adapted. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then adapted. It's... I mean, it, it's it's really good. It's it, you know, it's very tense. There's some fantastic action in there. But I mean, it's it is all about that fight, that that ending for me. The end, of it just, I I don't know, man. I got I got fucking chills. That thing is incredible. It's a, it's, um, it is one of those. It, it, it's it's one of those rare films where you kind of go, hang on a minute, why don't people go on about this film more? Yeah, totally. It feels like one where, like, you pipe up on Twitter and then you you, you get a couple of people saying, "Oh, that film's amazing," mm-hmm. you know. But like, like you say, it, it, people don't pipe up about it. But you know, Arrow—they've released it. They know what they're doing. I'm looking forward to having a look at the extras, actually. I must say, but um, yeah, there you go, Runaway Train. It's uh, very, very good. Um, okay, I got two more before Turbo Kid, so I'll be quick. Um, Steve Jobs, the Man in the Machine, the uh, documentary directed by Alex Gibney. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, to be honest, if if you're interested enough to watch a documentary about Steve Jobs, it's not going to tell you anything about Steve Jobs you didn't already know. Oh. Um, do you know what Steve Jobs? He was an arsehole. Yeah, he was a prick. That's the film. Is that is that day? Is it literally just proving that Steve Jobs was a prick? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, and it's yep. All right then, cool. And Alex Gibney's um, thesis, like at the start of the film, is basically like he didn't understand why people were so um, distraught over his death. And at, at the end, he actually says, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing. Coming at the end, I, I, you know, I'm still asking myself the question I asked at the start: Why are people so? You know, and it's just like, well, okay, well done for making an over two-hour documentary that didn't really answer the question that you posed at the beginning then. Mm. Yeah. I mean, far be it for me to, um, uh, you know, to question it, Alex Gibney. Yeah. But he might, Jaws might have been a, 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 a twat, but you're the twat that essentially is profiting off his death. Well, I mean, to, uh, to an extent, I mean, it, like the thing is, I mean, some of the, like, you know, some of the stuff in there, it, it, you know, it is a bit, it is a bit blimey Charlie. Um, but I mean, it's basically, you know, he, he was a businessman, and, but he also kind of like had pretensions to be kind of into kind of Zen and, um, you know, I mean, he, he did away with Apple's charity programs, but at the same time, he, he kind of wanted to be seen as like a man of the people. Uh, you know, that, that dichotomy is, is interesting, but it does like the, Find me a billionaire that isn't an arsehole. Ooh. Bruschetta. I've got Bruschetta coming now. Okay. I, I, literally, I, I... Thank you. Yes, please. I'm oh, occasionally munching on a... What even are they? I'm, I'm eating sports biscuits. You're eating pizza and bruschetta. I've got spaghetti bolognese when I'm You've got spaghetti bolognese, 
I have I have nothing for dinner. I've got to go out and buy my dinner after this. And I'm eating sports biscuits. And this man is, I think, playing rounders. Mum, what a good thought. Which actually is good. That is fantastic. We're both eating now. Did you pick that up, Mark? Yeah. That's staying on the podcast. That's virtually pornographic, that. I, I, oh, God, she's a mucky, mucky, mucky child, that one. Anyway, <laughs> but, I mean, she's, like, under two, so it's allowed. Um, oh, man, there's cats, like, kind of... Cats roaming the villa, and she is... She, like, actually scares them. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, she's just, like... She's, like, rubbing her fingers, going at them and they just fucking dart it's hilarious it, anyway um, anyway yeah <coughs> I'm sorry still eating pan, uh, pancetta ooh pancetta um, no bruschetta um, oh Thursday's going to be such a calm down um, yeah I mean it just it, it, it doesn't tell you anything you don't already know it, it it's just it, I, I don't know he was a businessman he was a prick um but he made things that people identified with. The thing is, it doesn't show you anything about him coming up with the ideas uh, and, and, and like why people liked the things that, that he did. You know, there's barely any um, mention of like Johnny Ive or anything like that. It, it, it kind of slightly feels like a hit piece. Well, what, what I, what I heard about it was that it, it, it's a little bit like, the documentary wants to pitch an idea to you, so only shows the ideas that will back up its own ideas. Yeah, and it, it, yeah. it's very, it's very one-sided, almost like Jobs offended somebody in, in, who was involved in the making of it at some point during their life, and they've decided, you know what, I'm going to do this because now he's dead, he can't, he can't get me for it. Yeah, I mean, it kind of. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, you look at the um, the, the Lance Armstrong one that he did, um, the Armstrong Effect, I think it was called, um, mm. from uh, from a year or two back. I really, really like that. And I mean, the thing is, I mean, basically, he comes at it because he was starting it as a documentary about Lance Armstrong and his his kind of comeback. And then it's basically about how he was essentially betrayed by Armstrong, like everybody else was. Mm. And, and, you know, and the the revelations and the kind of the footage that he gets because of his kind of candid, like, way and, you know, Armstrong agrees to interviews even after everything. Yeah, it, it's like, that's vital stuff. <coughs> this just feels like, you know, y- y- yes, he, he was an absolute prick. Um, but, I mean, it, it is it is what it is. If I'm... If I'm going to have the choice, I, I, I don't know, of not owning and using things designed or, or controlled by people who aren't pricks, to be honest, I'm not going to have a lot of stuff. No, no, at, at all, because I'm using a, a Dell computer right now and an Apple iPhone. Um, yes. That's sat on an Ikea table. <laughs> you know, for fuck's sake. There you go. 
Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I'm on my iPhone recording this. I've got my iPad, um, you know, like looking at my letterbox at the moment. I, I, it just, you know, it, it, it just, it, I'm in, you know, I'm in that world. I, I understand the, the positives and the negatives, but in the end of the day, you know, he kind of created this company, was run out of it, went back into it and then fucking dominated it. And, you know, I think there's, I don't know, there's kind of something to be said for the fact that, you know, he was run out of it and then kind of came back in as the saviour and then made it what it was. Which, which yeah. is the biggest company the world has ever known. Yeah, exactly. It, you th- know. That's a, it, it's, it's a heck of a thing to, to essentially be, you know, not solely, um, but be the the driving force in a lot of ways um, by uh, creating this this super company that is now you know big enough to essentially ride any wave. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's it. I mean, like they could sell no Apple watches for a year, and they'd probably still be fine. Yeah. It, you know, it's it. It, it, it's, it's a strange thing with Apple because it does seem like, you know, like, like people almost people only make you feel embarrassed about owning an Apple product. And it's like, oh, you've got an iPhone, have you? Yeah, I, I, it, it, it seems like the people who don't have an iPhone will be at pains to tell you they never own an iPhone. And I'm always, I don't care. I don't care what you, whether you own an iPhone or you never own one. I, I've got one. I like it. It's great. I used to sell phones. It, you know, I've had has been the best phone I've had. Oh, but it doesn't. I don't care what it doesn't do. What I care about is what it does do. If it doesn't do something, I won't do that thing. There we go. The thing is, was that? Oh, but don't, no, I don't because I don't like to make my life more complicated. I mean, I I was very firmly Android until iPhone six came out, and then I thought, fuck it, go on then, go on iPhone six. And then I don't know, I don't really know why now. Well, no, I, I, it, I got a little bit freaked out by the kind of the walled garden thing of Apple. And then it, so I went back to Android and I went back to my Android. It was just like, no, do you know what? I liked, I actually kind of like the everything works thing about Apple. Mm. Like everything works. Things don't crash well, that, randomly. I, 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 I have an iPad, which I use loads. I have, my iPhone, which I've had four, and I'm now on this one, and I will get another iPhone when it comes out. Um, I don't have uh, a, a Mac uh, for the simple fact is I I use my laptop to podcast on and um, to to you know essentially to download things. That's it. I I can't justify the cost of a MacBook because I don't use it enough. If I used it more in work, I don't. But I use my iPad for all the stuff that, for general browsing, and it goes on calls with me uh, when I have to go and do surveys and show people brush and things like that. It, it, it's it's gone from something where I bought it to use it to, because I wanted one. I didn't need it. I bought it because I wanted one. There's now quite literally I couldn't go, you know, a couple of days without my iPad because I, I, I it's become something that I use all of the time. Mm, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is it. And I mean, I will say, like, 
the worst revelation for me in the film was that I always knew that he um, kind of denied the paternity of his daughter that he he, he had. Um, apparently, he actually basically filed saying that he was sterile, and so his partner must have fucked some other guy and was just lying about it. And then they had, they, they had a DNA test and it turned out it, what, it was his daughter. That's really, really, really bad. Oh, obviously. Mm. That's the sign of a person who's not very nice. Funny one. I, you know, it just, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't a nice guy. And, you know, but, but the thing is, I'll be honest, you know, maybe this is a, a bad thing to admit. That's not going to stop me from having an iPad or an iPhone. Because the, the same people who would say to you, um, you know, oh, you should have a, an iPad or an iPhone because um, Steve Jobs was, was an arsehole. It, it's a bit like they're the same people who would then tell you, well, he had better anything to do with designing the iPhone anyway. Like, hang on a minute. I can't have one because he's an arsehole, but he didn't actually do he didn't actually do that much with designing of it. So, hang on a minute. What are you, what are you angry about? <laughs> I, I will also say he died of cancer at a pretty fucking young age. Oh, yes. He, he you know, a young age, and he was a multi-billionaire. You know, it, it's just kind of karma-wise. It, it maybe leveled itself out. I, I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of okay with it. You know, I mean, like, he... You know, considering he was like one of the richest people in the world, he still wasn't able to beat that. You know, it, you know, call it karmic justice if you want. I'm kind of I'm happy enough to go along with that. So yeah, the man in the machine kind of went on longer than I expected, but um, yeah, it, 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 you know, it's 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 okay. It, it, I mean, it's just it's okay. Um, uh, last one before we kind of talk about Turbo Kid, uh, Pasolini. Uh, Abel Ferrara's new film, uh, William, uh, Willem Dafoe as Pierre Paolo Pasolini, oh, Pierre Paolo Pasolini, um, it's really good. Um, it's 84 minutes long, which I was stunned by. Um, and it basically focuses on essentially the last day or so of his life. Um, and it kind of melds what was going on there with extracts from his memoirs and from an un- un- unproduced screenplay. So it, he's kind of like he's thinking about this this screenplay he's um, he's doing, and they actually kind of basically make bits of it, and and it, you know it's all very kind of controversial stuff, really interesting stuff. But it's just it's a, it's a celebration of a man who had an awful lot of intelligence, who had a lot more to say, and who died before his time. Um, and his kind of murder at the end, it's really upsetting. It's pretty much done in real time, and it's horrible. Um, but, you know, not in a gory way, just in quite a matter-of-fact way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Willem Dafoe's great. He doesn't do anything with his voice, and there's also, there's a kind of a disconnect. There's there's a lot of Italian in there that's not subtitled, oh. but then he pretty much speaks English throughout the entire thing, but then there are entire conversations going on in Italian or like he's reading newspapers and it's like Italian headlines and there's no subtitles that I kind of felt like I was missing something. And 
it's a shame because it made the film less than I thought it would be. But the, the, the mix of English and Italian spoken dialogue did feel like a compromise. I did watch it on a screener and it was an online screener. Um, it's come out on uh, on the VFI player um, online this week and is kind of in limited release. I wonder if maybe like this screener that I got, it said it was seven months old. And I wonder if maybe the release print had more complete subtitles. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would, because I felt like I was missing things. Whereas an Italian audience would be getting more from it. Saying that it's in my top 10 of the year so far. And maybe I should be talking about it more. And I feel kind of bad for talking about Steve Jobs more than, more than this. But, um, it just it seems to kind of get the spirit of the man, the the, the kind of the willing to push buttons, um, but doing so because he's got something to say. Uh, and there's a oh, there's a great bit where he's he's being interviewed about Sarlo, but well, about Sarlo in speech marks. It's basically about how he's uh, how he's a provocateur um, and how he want, kind of wants to down the system. And he's basically saying that you know. He he's been told to want things by capitalism and he wants to overthrow. And why is that a bad thing, considering that he's been told to want? Uh, you know, and that's, that's quite an interesting idea. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, and I mean, that bit really stood out to me, actually. Um, so, yeah, I, it's. It's full of really interesting conversations. There is also one unfortunate flashback sequence where um, Willem Dafoe is playing football with a bunch of kids who look easily at least 25 years younger than he is. <laughs> um, and it, it's kind of like, right, OK, what's this supposed to be suggesting? There's also a bit, I'm pretty sure everyone's outside, so I'm going to say this, where um, some <laughs> A blowjob is being received, but it's less of a blowjob more than somebody fucking someone's mouth. It's really, really intense. And it's just, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it just, it kind of feels like Pasolini would have been like, uh, you know, just like, yeah, that will be in my film. <laughs> and I mean, good, good, good for him. I, it, you know, so yeah, Pasolini, it's, I mean, that scene, man, seriously, like, if you watch this film, it's like, wow, that guy is going for it. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Um, uh, like if it was scary movie, like, literally burst through. I, I will be watching it at some point. I'm, I'm very intrigued, not just for the blood up scene, but for the whole, for the whole shebang. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, like, the fact is 84 minutes is crazy. They get, they get so much into 84 minutes. But yeah, fantastic. Cool. Um, right, I've got uh, a couple that I'll just I'll quickly go through. Uh, we watched Training Day for the first time since I think I got it on DVD. In- oh, blimey. Um, it's a fucking great movie, Training Day. It really is. Uh, it's so intense. Ethan um, Hawk is, I don't think he's ever been better. Um, and Denzel Washington is just a fucking force of nature in it. It's, it's it really is. It's one of those films where it, it it's kind of accepted that Training Day is I think a little bit a little bit like Goodfellas. It's kind of accepted that it's a great movie, but often not remembered how great a movie is and what makes it a great movie. Um, 
Directed by uh, Anton Fuqua and uh, written by David Ayer, which is just a fucking it's an amazing scene we've got there. Um, but yeah, it, it's seriously, if you, if you haven't watched it for a while, go back and watch it because it really is an incredible movie. Mm. Uh, and onto a movie that I rewatched that I'd also not watched for a number of years that's not as much of an incredible movie. Uh, I rewatched the uh, Barbet Schroeder movie, Kiss of Death. Um, okay, yeah. No, can't say I have. Kiss of Death stars David Crusoe, uh, Samuel Jackson, by the way, it's been 1995, Samuel Jackson, Helen Hunt, Bing Rhymes, Stanley Tucci, and Nick Cage. Hmm. Right? Uh, the, oh, it also has uh, Michael Rappaport as well. Um, story of the film is David Crusoe plays uh, Jimmy Kilmartin, who is a car thief, uh, he is uh, recently out of prison, uh, out on parole, uh, and has gone properly straight. Um, Michael Rapport, his uh, cousin, uh, comes to him one night saying that he needs a driver. If he doesn't get a driver um, to drive these uh, trucks that he's got that are loaded up with stolen cars, that he's going to be he's going to get killed by a local gangster called Little Junior Brown. Guess who Little Junior Brown is played by? Nick. Nicholas Cage. Yes, of course. right. Um, of course, what happens there is um, David Crusoe goes off. Uh, as they're about to drop these cars off, the cops turn up, and David Crusoe is the one guy out of the lot of them that gets caught. Uh, they, uh, in that ensuing uh, capture, um, Samuel Jackson plays a detective who gets shot in the face. Um, he would have got shot in the head and died and uh, David Crusoe not put his hand in front of the bullet to stop him from being shot. Um, and in the end, they end up turning David Crusoe and so he ends up starting to give information once he gets out of prison to get little Junior Brown. This isn't a great movie. What it is, is one of those movies that is fantastic when Nick Cage is on screen. These are a few of the snippets of what Nick Cage does on screen, um, and he's he's a very much a supporting character. There's okay. a scene where he's bench pressing a woman in a club to impress his dad, played by Philip Baker Hall. Solid, right? Um, by the way, this is a strip club that he owns that he never seems to leave. There's also one where he punches a man to death, right? And then complains that the man has got blood all over his new stereo system whilst punishing him to death. Good. So he starts cleaning it. What is it that? His father dies. He caught his father dying by essentially dancing in the middle of this club um, to rave music by jumping up and down and shouting, my dad's dead. (laughs) Really? Yes. Okay. Um, a guy bumps into him while he's doing this, so he picks the guy up, slams him out the bar, and then repeatedly punches him in the face, shouting, my dad's dead. <laughs> to jumping up and down, shouting, my dad's dead. Whilst all, 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 while he's doing that, he's crying as well. That's good. Okay. He, he, he then, out of nowhere, starts telling David Crusoe, because he feels like they're friends, um, when David Crusoe is essentially just trying to get information on him, that he that 
he doesn't like the taste of metal in his mouth. That's why he always uses plastic cutlery. <laughs> which, you can get, which, which David Crusoe reacts to by going, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then later on, later on, when he's been in prison, when he's been uh, questioned one night in prison, he says to David Crusoe's character, you told him about the metal, didn't you? Because I couldn't get plastic cutlery. <laughs> Yeah. It is one of those up there um, with those, this period of Nick Cage craziness where it is, it is quite simply brilliant uh, at points. Maybe not quite worth watching the rest of the movie for because the rest of the movie is really not very good. But it, it, it is entertaining for Nick Cage's just ridiculousness in it. Yeah, okay, you kind of sold me on that, actually. It, uh, do you know what? It's on Netflix, and it, it might be worth a go, just for just for some of the Nick Cage bit. Honestly. What, what's it called again? Kiss of Death? Death, it's called. Oh, he's also got an acronym for himself. I won't go any more than that, but there's a long scene where he explains his acronym for himself, and he keeps telling David Crusoe that he should have an acronym for himself as well. This, yeah, okay, this sounds good. Yeah, I won't tell you his acronym. And is also, he, what, what Netflix was this? Sorry. I think it's UK. Okay, okay and cool. Also, what I will say is, um, if you, when you do watch it, right, look out for, um, all I'm going to say is David Crusoe's character's love life, is all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> because it, it makes no fucking sense at all. Nice. All right. Um, okay. Uh, Turbo Kid. Uh, <laughs> yes. Canadian film that was made, I think, um, in literally every single production company in Canada had a hand in making this movie. Would appear so, yeah. Yeah, because it's 95 minutes long, and around 90 of those minutes are it telling you all the different production companies that were involved in it. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but that does go on for a long time. Even though I noticed that with Mission Impossible Rogue Nation as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird how they're pulling all this financing out their ass these days. Yeah, but I mean that that kind of Canadian New Zealand split. Weirdly, it is kind of felt in this. It is, yeah. And um, it's directed by three people: uh, <laughs> Francois Simard, uh, Anouk Whistle, and. Jon Carl Whistle as well, uh, who I think they all wrote it as well. Uh, it stars a lot of people that you won't recognise and Michael And Ironside. Michael Ironside, yeah. Uh, Ian, what did you think of, of Turbo Kid? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, it's a Saturday morning cartoon with hyper-violence. Um, and that's all it sets out to be. And that's what it is. Absolutely does what it wants to do on its own terms and just blasts away at it. I had an absolute ball with this. Um, I think the lead kid is maybe written a little bit derivatively. Um, You get behind him, but 
mainly through his relationship with Apple. Um, not not kind of through his own personality, I suppose. It's kind of a minor quibble, but I had a tremendous deal of fun with this. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, it is a a, a, a a kids a Saturday morning kids uh, TV show of a movie. Uh, it, it, it's adorable fun. I I, I found it. Um, you know, like you say, there's there's, there's some great ideas in there. That is, is fun. It, there's, it's, there's no means to this movie at all, despite the fact that it's got mean characters. Um, it is absolutely aware of what it's doing. Um, it is a bundle of fun. Uh, it zips along at a great pace, even though it, it repeats itself two or three times in terms of what happens to a certain character. It, don't care. Yeah, it, 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 and you don't care because, do you know what? It's a fucking great character. Uh, I, tell, I tell you what. When Apple turns up, that BMX with the unicorn spike on the front of it, like if I if I was at Fright Fest watching it, I actually wish I was at Fright Fest watching this film. If I was there, I would have stood up and cheered. Yeah, I, I, I would, and I, I would have probably done it with you because I was doing it in my in my living room. Um, it's. It's it is such a movie where they've literally set out with an idea of what they want to do and how they want to do it, and then they've, they've done, they've gone out and fucking done it. Yeah, and it, it works so well, and it, it it's had a lot of kind of hype, but the hype is it is perfectly justified. Justified, yeah. You know, it looks great. The BMXs are fantastic. The the action's great. It, it it's overblown. Um, yeah, it, it it feels like every penny they've had to spend, they've spent on the movie. Um, not they've not tried to make it look cool. It just happens to be really fucking cool. This is it. I mean, like it's obviously quite a low budget. It looks like they didn't have a lot of sets or kind of areas used, to shoot in, and yeah. they just redressed them. And but it's fine, you know. It, it's a kind of a post-apocalyptic wasteland. You know, you don't need an awful lot there. Um, and instead, I mean, it looks like they spent the money on the on the bloody practical effects. Like I. You know, when the first, like, blow is had and then just gallons of blood <laughs> come pouring out, it's just like, yep. If I was a kid and I was watching Power Rangers, that's totally what I'd want to actually have happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, Absolutely true, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, you know, there, there's stuff in this film I've never seen before. I mean, we're all spoilers all the time. When the like the torsos are stacked up on top of each other, <laughs> but the people are still going. The people are still it, walking underneath, yeah. It just, they're just walking around with like, I don't know, like arses on their heads. <laughs> and then on top of that, there's other things. I just, yeah, that I am absolutely, like I genuinely lulled. Yeah. Like at, at many moments in this film. And that doesn't happen a lot, even with like a lot of comedies. But yes, 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 yeah. I mean, it's totally in my wheelhouse. And, you know, if you don't get a kick out of the introductory voiceover saying it is the future, the year is 1997. Yeah. If you don't, uh, you know, you know, I mean, like if you don't get a kick out of that, it, it, it's, it might not be for you. You know, but if you do, I mean, like, I was just like, yes, I'm already in. Don't lose me. 
That... And then the film, it just, it never lost. I was a little bit when Apple first turned up and she just had that really manic grin. Mm-hmm. But within like a couple of minutes, you're like, no, she's great. Yeah. Wait, 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 she... wait, it's once she turns up at the, what is it? Once she turns up at his little hideout. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. There you're like, no, do you know what? She's great. And she's a great character all the way through it. And just, I, I like the bit where she's in Zeus's lair along with the, uh, the kind of the badass guy <laughs> and everybody starts chanting Zeus, Zeus, Zeus. And then she just joins in. <laughs> I like, cause she's just so happy to be anywhere. And I, I like, I just, I actually, I gotta say, I didn't see the twist with her coming, and I feel like an idiot. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I, 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 I did see it coming, but it was, it was one of those where it, it was, it was one of those where I thought, I hope it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and fair play as well. They do actually kill her by the end of the film, and that was, I mean, that was. I don't know. That was horrible. I really, I'd like, I was just, oh shit, no, no. It is, it, it is upsetting, but it kind of. It works within the context of the movie, certainly. Even though the um, the the image of them kissing with the umbrella up and just the shower of blood, yeah, like that's w- like one of my images of the year. It feels like it's probably a homage to some like mental Asian film. I don't know, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm 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 more than happy to to go with that. I mean, it's. Like you say, it's very sweet as well. I mean, Munro Chambers as the as the the main kid. I mean, he has got that kind of innocence about him, and um, I, I just like the supporting cast of characters. I really enjoyed. Um, I, I, I I genuinely, I barely have a bad thing to say about this. I mean, it must have torn the roof off at Fright Fest. Which... Oh, yeah, it must have done because it, it is it is an absolute Fright Fest film. But in the in the best possible in in in, in the be, in the best yeah. possible way. I mean, we've we've seen some horrible, terrible films at Brightfest that people were going about are amazing, and it's like no, it, it was a piece of shit. This is an actual genuine great movie. Yeah, this would this would have been one of the best films I'd ever seen at Brightfest. Like straight up, one of the best. Uh, it's 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 a blast, you know, and um. I mean, Michael Ironside's very good in it. He's doing his usual kind of Michael Ironside-y thing, but he he throws himself into it, and that's absolutely fine. Um, what what is the name of the girl who plays Apple? It kind of uh, I don't know. Labouffe. Yeah, uh, uh, Lawrence Labouffe. Uh, uh, wonderful. You know, I mean, she's she's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I kind of think I'm done really because I'm just chucking superlatives at it. Yeah, well, I I, I I'm I'm done that. It, it's definitely not shit. It's a real. Oh my god! Movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should, should definitely track it down and watch. Uh, yes, that that is episode one hundred and twenty six. Um, um, we, I was going to say we do have an email that we didn't read oh. out last week. I don't have access to it here, oh. if I'm honest. But could you pipe it up? I certainly can. I'll just get to our Gmail. Pretty sure we do. Anyway, I think I said we did, but we didn't have time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it is like a red one. Uh, well, I'll do this. Um, what are we covering next week here? Um, Everest is out next week, isn't it? Or this week? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Let me have a look. Because I'd like to do that. I'd like to do Everest as well, yeah. 
I might need to. I might. I might. I'm. I'm currently on a Google account, so I might need to log out of here first. Okay. I'll try and access it on my phone. Where's my phone? Oh, it's dark. <laughs> what? My phone was upside down. Yeah, I'm definitely up for Everest. Oh, uh, actually, what I will say is, um, quickly while I find this email, um, I the trailer for um, the project, the Lance Armstrong movie, was on before Legend. Oh, the program. The program, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that looks fucking great. I'm, I, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, I am. Um, Brad, um, like uh, who we both know, he worked on it and he had some very complimentary things to say about it. Um, so. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I am, I am intrigued. Um, must be coming out soon then, if they're trailering it in the cinema. Uh, um, I've got one. Uh, hi guys, uh, I've been meaning to send you gentlemen an email for literally years. In Ian's case, since the cinema days before even 35 millimeter heroes, is this the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. understand why this uh, Milo Sask has never seemed to actually manifest itself into physical form? But it turns out a combination of several beers in conjunction with listening to your latest fine episode has finally prompted me to turn uh, intention into action. I have no major question here, just a shitload of praise, really. Yay! Yeah, that's nice. First, firstly, on you guys personally, as suggested earlier, I've listened to Ian for years and I love what you, uh, uh, I love you do. To coin a film quote, naturalistic as fuck, passionate. Always looks for positives and to top things off, a Bond fan. My only complaint is the Bond the film was not shared with Mark, and that, quite honestly, an entire episode was not dictated to my first or favourite film ever on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Weird Good choice, man. maybe, but uh, so is Sunshine. Plus, more John. Fuck off. <laughs> Uh, as for Mark, I won't lie. It took me a couple of minutes to warm to you. That don't fucking, I, that, I don't fucking blame him. I'm a horrible person. Uh, not that dislike, not dislike they're a present, but initially I didn't know you weren't up and struggled with your idiosyncrasies. But very quickly you became a book, <laughs> and I fucking love your tangents and rants and role plays, etc. Uh, basically, you're both great, and I'm sure you speak for the silent majority. Uh, I thank you for your continued great work. Oh, and Noel is awesome too. Anyway, oh, sorry it's taken me so long to write in, but keep it up, guys. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Yours is generally the top two or three uh, since Greg uh, to Frank Film Junk Switch. Uh, I actually would take you guys over them, and that is saying something. Cheers, boys. Hope this wasn't too much of an incoherent ramble. You get the sentiment, uh, at least, I'm sure. Um, Mark from sunny Manchester um, oh P.S. my uh, brother is a manager at Cineworld Didsbury which I'm pretty sure uh, based off post uh, of past shows is Noel's local cinema I always enjoyed and informed any rants about the cinema and would gladly pass on any words of wisdom to him um, well I mean fuck it we, we are frequently in, well not frequently but we're often in Manchester aren't we uh, um, yeah more than most cities yes so, so next time we're in um we will, we will, we will respond via email and let you know. And if you want to meet up for a, for a brewski, uh, we will certainly do that. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I, actually, I think me and myself and Noel will be in Manchester in November. Uh, I don't know that Ian's got clearance yet to come on. I um, from 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 my wife, yes. From my work, I don't know because you know 
I don't know. It's worth saying, actually, it's um, Goblin um, performing the soundtrack for Deep Red uh, kind of on stage. And we went to see Goblin um, like a year and a half back, didn't we? And that it it was a really, really good gig, actually. So really good. It was it was a really good night. didn't we didn't we actually stay up so late in the hotel bar they actually closed it and left us there um yeah 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 it was us and um uh, chris burn who chris it might well be yeah. listening to this actually yeah um it was that night wasn't it yes it was yeah um god that was late yes, it that was, was and, really and late didn't mean you then go up to our hotel room and plow through a crate of budweiser whilst watching brooklyn 99 it was brooklyn 99 wasn't it yeah that's right God, yeah, it was on Channel 4 really late. Shit, we, we drank a, a shitload that night. No, that was bad. I mean, in, in the best way, but that was bad. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I think I've got a half day's leave left at work, which I'm planning on using the morning after for, and then just going into work basically hungover. But, um, yeah, yeah I, 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 I'd have to relax work for myself so yeah. I, I need to ask myself can I have a time off yes you can there you go um but yeah I, I will say um a very very nice words thank you thank you Mark. yes um uh I would probably still go for film junk post Frank uh over us frankly um well, that fucking podcast the the the, the I, I know you don't listen to it Mark the arguments that Frank and Jay have with each other about star ratings. It's one of those where I, I really think I, I should listen to it. Uh, my issue at the moment is it, it's just time. The thing is, there's, there's like, backstory. They, I think they have their own, like, Reddit thread for, like, all the things that they reference from previous podcasts. They're over 500 episodes deep. Oh, and Frank's been on it for about the last, like, three years or so. Um, and... It's like some of the ta- like some of the discussions they have, like literally, I think over the course of a few episodes, they might have spoken for about three hours about justifications for star ratings. And like, it basically started. And I kind of agree with Frank on this one, where I think Jay had in his end of the year top 10 or something had to put in a four and a half out of five over a five out of five. Uh, or like on Letterboxd. Mm. And for me, I'm like, yeah, no, you should kind of go from like your five out of fives down. But he was saying that a four out of five in a particular genre that doesn't speak to him may be more effective than a five out of five in a genre that he's more easily swayed by. Which I'd agree with him on. Yeah, there you go. So you and me would be coming at it from the two different points as well. But like literally the poor other co-host, Sean, he's just sat there while they're chatting about it. And then every now and then they kind of test Sean on what they've been talking about to see if he's been listening. I'm going to have to give film junk. I'm going to have to give it. What I'm going to do is I'll give it five episodes where I'll just go back and listen to the latest five episodes. Um, it can, it, like like Mark was saying there, it can sometimes be strange getting used to a new voice, uh, and you've got to kind of plow through to get used to sort of people's pattern and things like that, um, and kind of go like that. I mean, I when I first started listening to Ian on Cinerama and, and Thirty Five Millimeter Heroes, uh, I, had a, a dick. I had a I had a I had a job where um, I was I was working in essentially uh, in a warehouse on my own, so. 
all I did was I loaded up my po- my uh, iPod at the time with just podcasts. And so essentially, I, I forced myself to, to basically be in a room, and I had, you know, I think I had, you know, one day I'd, I'd listen to like a load of back episodes of um, film spotting and Mondo movie, and then it was, uh, I think I came in, I came in um, each the film on episode eighteen and listened to the first eighteen episodes over like two or three days. Um, and just went back. From, I don't think it was, I think I got a twelve bite maybe or something like that. And just went back and listened to it like that. And that's that's how I started consuming sort of podcasts. So I had a good run at it. Um, and it was well that one's finished. It just went into the next one. And I'd, I'd often sort of look at my podcast and go, "Oh, this is three podcasts." I thought I'd listen to one. And it was the same with Chinese Rock versus Punt. And that's how I got. That's how I got into these things. Yeah, I, yeah, no, absolutely, Matt. I, I like film junk. I just. It was one of the ones that I, I used to listen to while I was in the projection booth. Um, you know, my God, the amount of podcasts I got through there. I used to re-listen to a lot of film junk as well. Uh, the, like there were various other ones. It's kind of how I got into Chinstroker versus Punter as well. And to be fair, where I got into Chinstroker versus Punter, Mike emailed me because he listened to Cinerama and he said, "Oh yeah, I do the show as well." And it was just when they were getting started. And, um, I mean, frankly, I helped them, and without me, they wouldn't be the, the podcast they are today. They owe me. Yeah, They'll never do. admit. No, no, they, no, they don't. Um, but, um, yeah, everybody owes me. <laughs> I am the centre of the universe. I'll tell you what, no, the centre of my bloody universe is Lottie. She started saying over the last word, me, 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 mine, mine, mine. <laughs> and it's just like... Right. Seriously, we've never even used those words in front of you in any context. How do you know those words? Oh, they do. It's Bing, I tell you. Bing's bloody told her <laughs> without me listening. Bing. Yeah, actually, follow up, before because I think we're probably going to have to end in a minute because my two hours are pretty much up. Yeah. Right, Bing. Okay, go. I, wa- I watched Bing, uh, follow up from the last uh, podcast. I-, I watched it. I didn't watch it that night. I, I watched it then a couple of days later at work. Uh, watched an entire episode. Um, I think the sack person... Seven minutes, an entire episode. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I think that the Bing universe, the, the little world they live in, um, is is essentially there for people who are not quite all there and are not quite right. Uh, and the sack people are their carers. And that's what Bing is. He's he's not quite he's not quite there. It's like a, what did you watch? It it was the one where magic shoes, dancing shoes, where he had some shoes, uh, uh, and he, he didn't want the he, uh, huh? yeah he didn't want Charlie to have them yeah yeah um and, and that's what I I I, I think is it's like an assisted living and the the sack people are the assisted ones. Why at the end of the episode does it tell me what I've just watched? Does it try and reinforce. Yeah, it's trying to reinforce learning for the kids. Oh, I don't like it. You know, what's great, my, my daughter started um, secondary school last week. I've barely fucking seen her. Oh. At all. <laughs> she literally, she comes home from school, she now lets herself back in at home, and then I get a text saying, can I go to the park? Yes. What time's dinner? Comes in, eats dinner, and then goes to the bedroom. Facebook suggested I had a friend the other day. <laughs> that weirded me out like no one's business. <laughs> Facebook, like, there's got to be some algorithms where realise that it's like two daughter 
maybe don't suggest add them as a friend on Facebook. <laughs> or, or just don't suggest I add anyone as a friend on Facebook. I'm not going to do any. Oh, oh just, you're getting him. Inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a strange one. I, I, I mean, I think it's, I've added Isabel as a friend on Facebook, and I did it and went, "Oh no, what have I done? What have I done?" <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm not going to add her. I hope she's not offended. I'm not going to add her because it's weird. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you won't want to look at the sort of stuff she posts anyway. Uh, I'm sure I bloody wouldn't. Um, anyway, I'm obviously breaking up. So Everest next week it is out on Friday. So we'll do that. Yes, we will indeed. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Ian, enjoy the rest of your holiday, uh, and I shall speak to you at the weekend. Cheers. Sunburn-tastic. Bye. <laughs> Bye.